0: What's the one thing everyone should know about the healthcare industry that only the insiders know about?
1: Oh boy! Well, um, even if we have the word "care" in the title of our company, we we usually don't.
0: Welcome to "You Are the Guest," a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news, events, and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's
2: your program host, Bill Grady.
0: Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 31 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from Duluth, Minnesota. Danny, welcome to You Are the Guest. Thank you very much, Bill. It is a true honor
1: to be on the greatest podcast of all time, my favorite podcast, and you truly are the Johnny Carson of the podcast community.
0: Well, thank you very much, and the check is in the mail.
1: Yes, yes it is, and I can't wait to get it. Better be bigger than last month's check, and, and yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Hey, we've got more subscriptions, more listeners, and that means more coin in your pocket. ka Hey, tell me about Duluth, Minnesota, and, and, and first of all, are you originally from Duluth?
1: I am. I was born in, in this, this hamlet, um, grew up here, moved out at 18, 19 years old around there like, like most people do uh, in this town, and uh, moved to another town, uh, found me a wife, and had a couple of kids. And moved them all back here, and and they're they're kicking me daily for for coming back and making them come back to this crazy town.
0: Is Duluth a fairly conservative town?
1: No, no. It's it's in fact, uh, I like to say that it's run 50% by just geriatrics, just senile geriatrics, and the other 50% is just retarded hippies, basically. Um, it, it's a very very liberal town. Uh, it's sometimes dubbed. Um, Little San Francisco, and, and very much so it is Little San Francisco. It wants to be San Francisco in many ways.
0: How does that happen?
1: It, it's a good question. Uh, when you get to the range and, and you look at kind of the, the working man, Iron Range people that are further north uh, than us here in Duluth, um, they're, they're more the, the DFL, the uh, Democratic Farmer Labor Party, um, hardworking working minor types and and, you know just voting democratic looking at it that way they just vote democratic here it's a little bit different where we're a little further south of that we're 120 miles north of the twin cities area and there's just a real hippie just hardcore hippie feel to this town real in the politics in the way of life for a lot of people it's very there's really no other way to describe it than hippie
0: does that also come from the university
1: (sighs) yeah i think so but you know, when, when you do run into the university kids, the the kids around here that go to the colleges, they're, they're just not that type. They're just your average uh, annoying college kids. They're not really the hippie types. It's the people that um, I went to school with and kids that went to school like up to 10 years before me and about 10 years after that ended up kind of taking over and sort of running the town now that just have that weird post-60s, hippie attitude. And, and and they truly do run the town. There, there's just any type of legislation or local legislation that you could have um, that would be really, really left-leaning is, has been either considered or passed or is looking to be passed in, in the near future in the city.
0: So how do you fit in in that realm of politics? Are you comfortable with the way the the city sits politically or is this something that uh, is kind of maybe a burr under your saddle?
1: Well, it's a burr uh, on one hand, because I I mean, I'm a registered Republican. I'm not really real right leaning. Um, Well, I'm right leaning and registered Republican, but I I don't necessarily will always vote for the Republican. But uh, on the other hand, I, I like to make fun of stuff, and seeing a bunch of hippies running this town is, is prime material to, to make fun of. Um, I have more fun yelling at the TV with the local news than I do watching a, a comedy show. Any, it, it's more entertainment to me.
0: Any funny stories you can share with us?
1: Uh, boy, let me think. I did... I spent a good ten minutes at a... Um, anti-war rally here about two years ago right before um right before we actually went into iraq and and just hung out there and and just watched the hippies yelling and it's not really a funny story but it, it was just fun just sitting there me with a big stupid cigar in my mouth um watching the hippies yelling on stage in this town where They're complaining about Bush and yelling, we are speaking to Bush and we're making a real positive message towards uh, President Bush and he's going to hear this, he's going to hear all of you and everybody cheering and patting themselves on the back. And, you know, in reality, I'm sitting there with a scar in my mouth, the only one there who probably realized that uh, Bush is probably not going to see this and he's probably not going to care that a bunch of uh, dumbasses from Duluth are, are bitching at him.
0: Join the club. Exactly. What's the big local news story in Duluth?
1: Right now, our budget is in serious, serious trouble, and we can blame it um, solely on, on the hippies that I had mentioned. Um, we, we have a lot of programs here that we don't need. We fund a lot of things that we don't need to fund.
0: Such um, as what?
1: A few, years, a few years back, before I actually moved back here, um, they opened up a, an aquarium, a freshwater aquarium, and I, I've never been there. I, I don't understand why anybody would have any desire as a tourist to um, visit a freshwater aquarium, but it's actually owned or subsidized by by the city, uh, by city taxes. That's one thing, and, and that's a gigantic failure, of course, and, and we're paying for that daily. Uh, right now, there there's actually some uh, debate going on about our local arena, which is basically just a hockey arena for, for our uh, local college hockey team, uh, expanding that into a bigger arena where we could maybe get some concerts and maybe get some bigger Bigger events happening at that arena, and there's a lot of talk right now about that uh, actually happening and being funded by the city. The problem is the city's in some very, very deep financial straits right now. Um, in the '80s, when the city actually was profitable, uh, it was promised to all of the city workers, everybody on, on the the city's dole, um, whereas they'd be getting healthcare. Basically, they'd be getting healthcare for life for free, and it was something that was kind of done under the table, but it was still a contract that was signed with the city workers union. Um, it has just sort of come out over the last six or nine months or so that that's kind of what's happening. And right now, a lot of these people are retiring plus we're getting new city workers in where we just don't have the money to pay for that. Um, with that, we're, we're losing just millions and millions of dollars a year in this town. And we just don't have the money for anything new, any expansion for any tourist attraction that we have right now, much less all the, Insane social programs that we have in this town
0: many small towns have that type of problem, so mm-hmm. any suggestions i mean from from <clears> the <throat> common guy on how that might be able to be fixed?
1: Um, shut down all of the public schools, but um that's something that I think should be done uh, across the country uh that would that would save probably sixty percent of the money that would be needed um, that's one probably far right suggestion that I would that I would
0: have and that really is your answer shut down the schools
1: crazy, crazy as it sounds it it really is my answer um when I was in high school there was a big issue where uh the town of of course it was a money issue the town couldn't afford the three high schools that it has and this town really does not need three high schools uh and they were going to combine the high schools and make it into two high schools well because of the hippie mentality in the town there was protesting, yada yada yada, that led to uh, the city forcing the three three high schools to stay open. And and once again, we're in the situation where we just don't have the money for it. We don't have enough kids uh, to justify three high schools. And personally, I, I've I've always felt that it's not a, a constitutional right to get free education anyway so i don't understand why we why we have to pay for it out of taxes
0: let me play devil's advocate with you on that go, one.
1: go for it did that did i scare you with that one
0: bill well that that's certainly a unique perspective <laughs> shut down the yeah. schools what do you think the social cost would be if we had literally a generation that was left to educate themselves I don't
1: think it. I, I don't think it should be there that way. I think we should keep the law where um, uh, people have to be educated up to a certain age, and I'm not sure what that is right now. And I'm not sure if it's a, a federal law or if it's done by the states or not. If it's like 15, 16, or whatever, I think we should actually force people to uh, find some sort of education for the kids. And there, there are plenty of parochial schools out there. There are plenty of private schools out there that are going to help people who actually authentically uh, cannot afford that bill. They'll, they'll help them out and they'll find ways to do that. But I think if people start having to fit the bill themselves and the government forcing them to actually get that education, I, I think we'd better be better off in the long run.
0: But don't you think that if people are having a hard enough time buying groceries or putting gas in the car, that they're also not going to be able to afford education as well?
1: You know, I don't know how hard it is for people to put gas in the car and to buy the groceries. Um, I, I get really. I, I, I've seen a lot of that sort of thing where people will complain about that sort of thing, and they'll be the same people that have, say, cable TV, and they'll be the same people that have to buy uh, a new car every three years. And I think there just needs to be a mentality with people where they need to cut back and they need to realize that the money that they do have, they need to spend on the right things.
0: And what would those right things be?
1: Well, number one, first and foremost, would be education, um, or or at least the education for their their kids. Um, After that, uh, all bets are off. You know, a good house in a decent neighborhood is, is really all you need to survive. That's what I've got. That's what I've worked my ass off for to get, and I've got it with my family. We're happy. God bless America.
0: Did you happen to catch the State of the Union address? I did. What stood out the most to you
1: well, you know i I do like Bush, and um, he had me going until he started talking about the uh animal human hybrids. I had no idea what he was talking about with that some sort of weird thing with stem cell research where uh he he seems to think that in some secret stem cell island of Dr. Moreau lab somewhere. Um, that they're taking animals and humans and, and making some sort of man-beast or something. That stood out to me the most just from a comedic standpoint.
0: You know what? That struck me as well because I was going through the through the whole address saying,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah exactly. and then what?
1: Exactly. It would have been a lot better if I was drinking when I was watching it. I think that probably would have been pretty entertaining, but I wasn't. I was completely sober.
0: What else stood out?
1: Um. Well, I I don't want to talk about education too much. The no child left behind thing, him talking a little bit about that uh, stood out to me, of course. Um, It's always been a program I've disagreed with, and it's probably the only issue I actually do disagree with the president on. Um, Other than that, uh, just his his basic staying the course in Iraq and um, him actually laying the law down a little bit, which I was uh, proud to be a registered Republican, him laying the law down quite a bit in this state of the union more so than any other of his um where he he really did basically blame the left and and blame the democrats for for cutting back and and just not agreeing with what was right as far as social security and um and and the war and and the other issues that they've adamantly disagreed with him on i i was pretty proud to be a pretty proud to be a republican when he uh stood up and and actually went out there and in your face blamed them for some of those issues.
0: How many times did you laugh at Hillary as she was put on the TV screen?
1: Uh, I purposely listened to the speech. I listened to it and didn't watch it, um, just so I wouldn't have to see her, to
0: that, be honest with you. That was as much entertaining as anything else. Let me she, ask...
1: fright, she frightens me quite a bit, and I'm I'm really afraid for our country in three years.
0: I don't think we have anything to worry about. Well,
1: wait where do you hear the ask bill three questions? <laughs>
0: Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Are we on the right track with Iran and Hamas?
1: I think so. Um Hamas there's there's something in me with Hamas that thinks they're gonna turn the corner and, and they're I don't think they're gonna be decent and normal. But I think they're going to be a lot more decent and normal that they have been in the past, um, which is probably a weird a weird view to have, but I don't know. I think they're going to ease up a little bit and maybe, maybe not want to kill all the Jews as much as they have in the past. Uh, Iran, I'm a little bit nervous about, although Iran, you can't really look at Iran the same way that you look at Iraq. Iran isn't the type of country where it's just a bunch of people that have no choice whatsoever, and there's... There is no underground um, armies or anything like that. There, there's no revolution uh, as, as there wasn't in Iraq. In Iran, there are a lot of people that actually do want to rise up and, and go against their government. And I think what we're doing right now in Iran is probably the best route to go, kind of under the table, secret secret military, helping people out and trying to help them internally to rise up against their government. Someday, someday it will probably happen.
0: Does it seem to you that most of the world hates Iran?
1: It doesn't right now. I think most of the world is so focused on hating us that they're not um, really thinking about Iran too much. They probably should, though. They should at least hate their government. That guy's nuts.
0: How about the president's position on health care? You, you kind of have a unique introspect to that so yeah
1: i work for an evil hmo so yeah
0: well let me ask that in a different different way sure. sure what's the one thing everyone should know about the healthcare industry that only the insiders know about
1: oh boy well um even if we have the word care in the title of our company we we usually don't um that's that's probably the the first thing that they should know um right now and I want to be careful about what I say. The company that I work for and a lot of other companies um, are, are actually trying to move ahead with um, the savings account programs where where people actually have control over the money in, in, an, in an account. And, and that really is the best option to go.
0: As, as an individual business owner, mm-hmm. that's what I have. It was at first right. an MSA and then they switched it over to an HSA.
1: Right. And a lot of people are complaining about that and thinking that's it's just going to be a pain it's going to be hard for them. They should be able to get the best possible care, which is going to be whoever's on their list of providers and 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 really that's not not it and um, what they don't understand is a lot of these healthcare care companies are are really going to take it in the pants um, for for starting this sort of program they're they're just doing it for the long run, um, trying to start something new, trying to get a new mindset, trying to make people understand that if you have a certain amount of money in this account and you go out and you actually find the best provider, the best person for the money, shop for it like you would shop for anything else. You look for you look for the best value in your health care. Everybody's going to be better off in the long run. And as much as I make fun of the company I work for in the industry I work for, I, I really do commend them for, for what they do. And that's probably the best route to go. And it's probably the best route for our future.
0: So you think I'm on the right track with my health care plan? I,
1: definitely. Definitely. 100%. How
0: about the president's energy policy? Did, did you find it kind of unique that a oil man would say, Hey, we're going to weed ourselves off of oil. That was a little weird
1: too. And if he, if he wasn't talking about the human animal hybrids, that probably would have been the weirdest thing in the, the speech. Um, but you know, he's, he's heartfelt. I think maybe he's starting to see the writing on the wall. We might not be able to pull off the Anwar thing. Um, and, and we should start, I, I hate to say forcing, but forcing the, the automakers to really start pushing, pushing the hybrids, hybrid cars. I don't agree with it. Um, I think it's the market that should dictate whether or not we, we let that happen. But, you know, I, I think he's trying to push them along a little bit just by talking about it in, in his speech.
0: Does it seem odd to you that we're paying a lot of money at the pump yet? The gas companies are recording record profits?
1: No, it really doesn't to me because I don't think we're paying that much. If you look at Europe, the amount of money that they pay at the pump compared to what we pay at is just astronomical, and it gas right now is still cheaper than water, so I, I really don't think it's that much, and maybe it's because I live in a small town and I don't have that much of a commute, but... You know, I, I think people just need to stop bitching about the price of gas so much.
0: How's the governor in the state of Minnesota doing these days?
1: He's quiet. He's a quiet governor. He, he's good, but he's a quiet guy. He's, he's not like our, uh, our, our previous governor. So
0: Now, were you, you're a wrestling fan. So, I am. So did you vote for Jesse just because he was a wrestler, or did you think that he had something worthwhile to bring to the table?
1: No, uh, great wrestler, great announcer, horrendous politician. Um, I was a big, at the time, he was running against um, Norm Coleman, who, who's actually the senator here now in, in the state of Minnesota and, and our future president. Um, and, and there was no way I was going to go against Norm Coleman for, for uh, Governor Boddy.
0: Here are the final five questions. Hit me. As you've listened to past episodes of You Are the Guest, what is your feelings about some of the comments that have been made about America from guests in other countries?
1: Oh dude, you're totally setting me up for that because we had the you had the guy on oh where was he the Philippines. The gentleman from the Philippines. And
0: he, oh, mean mean Singapore.
1: Singapore, thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I had Philippines on mine. That's probably not good. Um, the guy from Singapore on and you had asked him about uh what what he thinks of America or, or what others in his area think of America. And he said that he thinks Americans think that they're the gangsters of the world. And that absolutely blew my mind. It was a big eye opener. And it was one of my favorite podcasts ever just because of that. Um, and I listened to it a few times, but it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit frightening um, just seeing people in other countries talking about uh, us and, and just kind of, uh, Following along with the trends and, you know, America sucks, blah, 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 even though we'll, we'll take your money, is fine. But when you actually hear somebody like that in person, just a regular dude saying something like that, it, it kind of gets a little bit scary.
0: Have you met any politicians, or do you have any stories that you can share along a political line?
1: Not really. I uh, I did meet Norm Coleman once uh, many, many years ago at my Uh, one and only young Republican convention that I went to, which was an absolute joke. Um, i have seen Dick Cheney speak live, and when I was in junior high, I saw uh, Kitty Dukakis speak live once, and that was entertaining.
0: In your note to the show, you said you had a good Rush Limbaugh story.
1: I do, and you know, I'm not really a gigantic Rush Limbaugh fan. I didn't want to give you that impression anymore, Um, but when I was in high school and he was really, uh, making the scene. This is the late eighties, early nineties. Um, he was really out there and he really was the person that first got me into talk radio. And I'm a, I'm a total talk radio whore right now. I'm a big addict of it. Um, but at the time when I was really into the whole talk radio scene, the same way people would maybe be into the like grateful dead scene. Um, I was really into his show and and I purchased his first book and I brought it to school one day and I got yelled at in the hall and this was a public school of course got yelled at in the hall by a teacher that didn't even know me I didn't know her um she was the you know typical uh three bills um prematuring, gray-haired uh, public school teacher um just started yelling at me just for having this Rush Limbaugh book with me and you know I had nothing to do I wasn't I wasn't the Danny that I am now so I wasn't able to come up with some witty retort or any, anything like that. I, I basically just, you know, wiped off my my zit juice on my uh, on the sleeve of my Metallica T-shirt and walked on. But it was it was a weird experience to have a teacher, uh, somebody who I'm supposed to see as an authority figure, yelling at me about having a book in school. It was an odd experience.
0: I met Rush Limbaugh back in 1998. Really? Yeah, and he you... was was he high? <laughs> Um, but beyond the oxycontin. Let's see. Well, he was he was he was definitely cheery that day, yeah. but he seemed very very nice, very personable in nice conversation. It was before he was inducted to the National Association of Broadcast Hall of Fame, and okay. we kind of had a reception for him, and and uh, so we had a chance to meet him and his wife at the time, and and uh, he's very nice, very nice guy.
1: Yeah, and he he puts across that impression that he he's probably a lot like he is on his show. That's one thing you got to give the guy credit for. If if you like him or you hate him or or you don't really care, um, he he really does come across as somebody who is pretty realistic in his in his show.
0: What's the best thing that's happened to you today?
1: Best thing that's happened to me today. The cable guy actually showed up. He he. Um, we i've been fighting with our cable company to get a digital video recorder system on our on our on our TV cable system for about 2 months now and um they scheduled an appointment for us for yesterday which was supposed to be for today and i've had to go into their office twice this week to actually make sure that the cable dude shows up today and he actually showed up and he set up the system we needed so now my family and myself can watch more TV at our convenience just like, just like good Americans.
0: So is it cool?
1: Not really. <laughs> it's pretty useless, and I'm thinking about canceling it already. I've had it for about three hours.
0: So he had this big anticipation <laughs> of, hey, come on, do all this stuff, and now it's like, yeah, that sucks.
1: We, we basically got it so we can record Judge Judy for my wife.
0: Final question, what's your <laughs> least favorite podcast and why?
1: Oh, least favorite podcast. Oh, my God, that's such a great question i would have to say the don and drew show um i have absolutely no idea why anybody likes that show whatsoever the only time i listen to the don and drew show is if i'm looking for material for my own show and it's usually just some hardcore material that i'm going to be making fun of them on
0: danny it's time to play ask bill three this is where i'm turning the microphone over to you and you know the shtick so go ahead go ahead and ask three questions fire away all
1: right Nobody puts Bill Grady in a corner. all right what is ah this is a good one. Question number one to Mr. Bill Grady. what is the worst place to eat in fort dodge?
0: I don't like the Mexican place in town i've I've gotten is it a taco co- bell or no it's uh it's a place called lamitas, and mm-hmm. I'm not a big Mexican food fan, and there's been a couple of times when I've walked out of there and it's like. You know, I haven't felt real good, and so if at all possible, I, I'd try to stay away from that restaurant. Now, having said that, I know that a lot of people like it, and a lot of people go to it on a regular basis. God bless them. Yeah, I am I can think of 20 other places, though, in town that I'd rather eat.
1: All right. So stay away from this Mexican place in um, in, in Fort Dodge. All right, question number two. Uh, Hillary Clinton in '08. do you agree with me that the fix is already in?
0: Define the fix.
1: I, I, there, there's no chance in hell, in my opinion, no chance in hell that anybody else is going to be able to be here. There's, the cheating is going to be running rampant in, in 2008, and uh, ballot boxes will be stuffed, machines will be fixed, and there's, there's no way she will not be the president in 2008. Do you agree? What say you, Bill Grady?
0: Oh, I think that is so way out there. there's, She's going to have a hard time getting the Democratic nod. Mm, and really? if, if she does get the Democratic nod, then the Republicans are really going to eat her for lunch. Because there's no way she plays to middle America. No way.
1: 25 years ago, though, would you have believed that a big... Flandering uh, bumpkin from Arkansas would have been president, cheated on his wife while in the Oval Office, and still received reelection. Would you have believed that?
0: Oh absolutely, absolutely not, but see, she has to live past that because now we've all got the history of what the Clintons do and mm-hmm. how the Clintons think, and you, you can't she can't go around saying, Well, you know what that was just him." And yet I'm still married to him. Something that really strikes me with the Clintons is if you take a look at their final days when Clinton was the president and look at all the pardons he made, look at all the favors he picked out. We're going to have more of the same. It was the biggest injustice that an American president can do is to, at the last minute on their last day, give all these pardons to these people who are undeserving of it
1: but do you think joe blow american is going to remember that though
0: i think it's up to us especially when it comes to the citizen journalism the bloggers and the podcasters to just keep that in front of people and so you know that will also be kind of a neat thing to watch develop because in 2008 this will really be one of the first presidential elections were of course blogging will be in full gear, but also podcasts as well. Right. Podcasts yeah. will be a, a several years old by that time. And how much will the citizen journalism have an effect on what the electorate will do?
1: Yeah, you're you're right. Um, I I still stand by my contention that the fix
0: is already in, but we'll we'll see what happens in three years. Well, well let me ask you this: How do you think she's going to do it?
1: I don't know, and and I don't think anybody knows, but I think. Probably the last three years of the Clinton presidency was um, just their insiders um, delving deep and using their power to figure out how they were going to be able to cheat someday and and get her into office. I know it's kind of conspiracy theorist, but I I don't think it's going to be legal whatsoever, but I I really think she's going to get in there one way or another.
0: Here's how I feel about the Clintons. I feel about the Clintons the way most Democrats feel about the Bushes. Yeah, there there is no middle ground for me with the Clintons, and you know, and I understand there's a lot of divide across the country with the Bush family. You either like them or you hate their guts. I cannot stand the Clintons, and uh, the only thing that would be remotely close to the Clintons would be Howard Dean. <laughs> he's awful. Yeah, yeah. he's
1: so, entertaining though
0: he he's entertaining but the the thing that looks when you take a look at the democratic party and you say okay here's Howard Dean and then here's Hillary Clinton it's like okay can it get any easier for the republicans from no. 2008
1: no maybe nader will decide to be a democrat again he'll get the nod and that'll that'll save the day
0: what's question number
1: 3 <laughs> all right question number 3 and this is my this is my wacky question bill You have mentioned in in some prior episodes here of You Are The Guest that you uh, enjoy your your motorbikes. So I'd like to know, Bill, do you own a T-shirt that says on the back of it, if you can read this, then the bitch fell off?
0: No, but I've seen them in the magazines.
1: Yes, you should get one.
0: I do have several obligatory black T-shirts that make me look like a biker when I need to. There you go. But the one thing that doesn't help is that I've got, eh, not a real tough-looking face, so no matter what I wear, it, I still will never ever look like a biker.
1: Well, just don't don't get pocket T-shirts with a pocket protector or anything, and I think I think you'll be all right.
0: Danny, do you want to tell about your podcast and how people can subscribe and listen to your show?
1: Sure. All they have to do is look for me on iTunes, look for the Wonderful World of Danny, or they can go to Danny and they can download my my weekly dose of wackiness there. Uh, basics of the show is just me complaining about other podcasts.
0: And that's really all, all anybody needs to know. And how many episodes have you done so far?
1: I am going to be recording episode 35 this, this weekend.
0: Danny, thank you so much for being a guest, and good luck with the wonderful world of Danny.
1: Thanks, Billy. Good luck with your show. Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's Audio Seminar titled How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's Audio Seminar is that it comes with a money back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns.
0: If you'd like to be a guest, it's real easy to find out how. Just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com and click Be the Guest for all the details. That takes care of another edition of You Are the Guest from the Great City of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
2: See that foxy mom over there, the one with the near yeah, pilot here. I am a bar, as they all stop and stare. what they have to say now, oh, she really doesn't care. She lets me know, yeah, she makes it clear. Trump talking bullshit is Shewing bubblegum and drinking beer Oh yeah, she's the one that's right now Bubblegum and beer Bubblegum and beer Bubblegum and beer Well, I'm a big crowd popper on the stage And I ain't never gonna act my age If I ever did, I'd be digging me a grave Shovel all the money in that I didn't save you know, yeah, I'll make it clear. Popularity and profit isn't why I'm here. Chewing bubblegum and drinking beer. Oh yeah, I'm the one. That's right now, bubblegum and beer. Bubblegum and beer. Bubblegum and. Beer. Bubble gum and beer.
0: Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.